You are listening to the Robin of Sherwood podcast, bonus episode one, the enhanced audiobooks of 2017. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Robin of Sherwood podcast. My name is Sietse Wilman and I'm the creator of the show and what I do here is discuss the TV series Robin of Sherwood one episode at a time. But today things are a bit different because I'm going to talk about the five enhanced audiobooks that came out in 2017. As always joining the conversation is my co-host Andy Chesney. So Andy, um, good to have you uh, back on for this very first bonus episode of the podcast. Yeah, hi, Sitsa. Yeah, nice to catch up again. Um, do you usually listen to audiobooks? Um, I don't actually. No, I mean, I've not not audiobooks um, as such. So no, it's kind of like a quite a new experience for me. I mean, I know, I know what audiobooks sound like, but I don't I don't particularly have any that I that I listen to. So Robin and Sherwood are yeah, they're the first ones that I've actually got really. How about you? Yeah, well, I well I listen uh, to them, but uh, I only listen to audiobooks of stories that I already know. So, for instance, I listen to the Harry Potter audiobooks, and I know those stories. So, if my uh, mind wanders off or I fall asleep, I can always uh, pick it up wherever I left off with no problem because I know what's what's happening in the stories. Also, th- those aren't uh, enhanced audiobooks. Maybe it's good to to point that out that um, the Robin Sherwood ones they are read by a narrator, uh, but also enhanced with some sound effects, with some uh, music in the background stuff stuff like that yeah no i do think it adds to it having 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 them enhanced yeah i mean it's it's, it's good having the music having some music in the background and um otherwise you're just hearing an eraser all the way through and it, it would probably have a bit less um yeah less effect i think on the listener i agree although i must say it, it is a shame that they uh, can't use the original score for the series i think they use the original uh, intro music for it but during the scenes we hear um uh, diff- uh, different uh, musical interpretations, somewhat different than the originals, um, because I suppose they didn't have the license to use the original score. Is it something that uh, that bothered you? Yeah, I mean, obviously it would it would be lovely to to hear the the original score the, without doubt. You know, that would always be my first choice. But in, in some ways, though, I mean, it is obviously you know years later, and it doesn't hurt to have to have the tunes a little bit different. Um, there's sort of a few different ones that they've even added. So some of them are just um, the score is just re- are just remixes, aren't they, of the old tunes? You can tell, you know, they've tried to keep those tunes as close to um, as close to Clannard as they can. But they, they've had, they've added some new tracks completely, though. I do quite like the music. Yeah, me too. Although um, in most stories, it sometimes bothered me that it, it almost seemed like they put. Uh, the music uh, track uh, on on random uh, when they uh, edited it into the stories that sometimes the music and the scene didn't really match sometimes there was a bit too much music for my taste i would say in every episode um there there seemed to be a, at least one tune that was thrown in that didn't match the scene at all and yeah i thought that was a bit odd um so for example you'd have like um there'd be a scene where in the castle you might have gisborne and the sheriff chatting um you know about some about plans and things and then you'd have like the lady marion tune yeah i was a bit surprised with some of the the, the theme choice that came up so maybe not all of our listeners know where these stories actually uh, came from uh, would you mind um, filling them in <laughs> yeah sure um so basically, um, Knights of the Apocalypse, which came out last year, that was the first um, Robin of Sherwood audio that Spiteful Puppet had made. So yeah, Barnaby Eaton-Jones, and who's the producer, um, and Spiteful Puppet, um, uh, they're, they're the team that will all be um, behind these the audios. After the, the release of Knights of the Apocalypse, which was a, a Richard Carpenter script, which they they managed to to get out there to to fans um they they then applied for um or try you know they tried to negotiate with itv and kips um kips estate as well for for the license to go forward and actually do a new audio series <clears throat> they were eventually granted the license um and they announced that they'd be doing four new um four new audio dramas which which is that's four that's full cast episodes um in the same kind of formats as um as knights of the apocalypse so they're going to be out um they were delayed and they'll be out this summer 
Um, but in the meantime, what they did was um, sort of um, before Christmas, you know, or, or in those autumn months, they announced that they'd be doing, um, be making some enhanced audio books as a way of, of giving a product to the fans, um, of getting a product out there a bit earlier while, you know, while they're waiting for the, um, you know, for those main f- four episodes next summer. Um, I, th- I think also um, these audio books are a way of, I think they're, they're hoping for them to be a way um, to actually fund more, you know, future future episodes as well. So depending on how sales go, they, they, it, it's a factor that's, um, yeah, that kind of could um, that could contribute towards more, possibly more audio books in the future. To me, it was very exciting that new stuff uh, came out because, well, uh, even for this podcast, usually we talk about uh, episodes that are over 30 years old. Uh, now, all of a sudden, we're talking about uh, adventures that uh, were just released uh, uh, last month. Okay, so I, I guess I just asked uh, several writers to uh, to um, make a script. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what read I did. By, uh, mm. And I have it read by, that's an actually a very uh, appealing um, aspect uh, to it for me is that uh, that the stories are read by people from the original cast well with one exception but uh, we'll get there uh, we'll get there later um, so uh, what we're going to do now is discuss the five uh, brand new audio stories um, one at a time uh, we have put them in the order from the ones we liked least to the one we liked uh, the best uh, for each story uh, I'll read a short uh, recap so that we're all on the same page there. And, and then we're going to share our thoughts and uh, feelings about it. Uh, I must say, I hope I get the recaps right. Uh, because I said before, these are new adventures. And well, my problem with audiobooks is sometimes I just, you know, get distracted or fall asleep. And then I have to skip back to see what actually uh, happened uh, in them. Uh, if, you, yeah. if you notice anything I got wrong in the recap, please correct me. And for our listeners, uh, <coughs> it goes the same. Just uh, let us know if uh, I made a mistake somewhere. Yeah, I have to say that's, um, that's a problem I have with audios as well. I, I, I tend to fall asleep and it's um, it's just one of those things where, where you sort of make yourself comfy. And, and yeah, I, I do have a tendency to fall asleep quite often during audios. Um, well, it, but, it's a nice way to fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it can be a bit frustrating because you sort of wake up and you're thinking, oh, I've just missed a ch- you know a chunk of it, and you're <laughs> trying to then catch up. And um... one last uh, disclaimer uh, before we uh, get to the stories is that uh, we won't dive as deep into it uh, as we usually do. Usually, we uh, take one episode of Robin or Sherwood and uh, uh, pick it apart. Um, but uh, this time we're going to talk about five different stories in one podcast, so we're going to go over it a bit more uh, quickly than uh, we're used to. So we just wanted to uh, warn everybody for that. And also, well, obviously, because we're going to have a recap of the story and talk about it, uh, uh, there are going to be uh, some spoilers. So if you haven't uh, listened to the actual audiobooks uh, and you don't want to have them spoiled, then uh, stop listening right now and listen to the audiobooks first and then come back and check out our podcast. Right, that being said, uh, here we go. Let's start with the one that's on the bottom of our list, and that's The the Blood That Binds by uh, Ian Meadows. It's narrated by uh, Nicholas Grace, uh, who we all know as uh, the Sheriff of Nottingham. Robin and his gang have a fight with the Sheriff because he's collecting taxes and the people of Sherwood are already starving. And during that fight, much uh, slings a stone we hear that a mysterious fellow is sitting in a kind of a dungeon, uh, does some magic to guide uh, the stone, uh, and it hits the sheriff right on the head. The sheriff then goes to a village and demands shelter, uh, but when he wakes up, he's a completely different person. Uh, he's very kind, uh, forgives his host for poaching, and even starts handing out money in the village. Uh, it turns out that Gisburn is an old friend of the unknown sorcerer, who's called uh, Baron de Boucher. Uh, together they take uh, control over Nottingham and Sherwood, but it soon, uh, soon becomes clear that uh, the Boucher wants to rule alone. So all of a sudden he is the new sheriff and he starts a brutal regime. Uh, when the outlaws try to stop him, uh, he catches uh, Tuck, Marion, Much and Will. Then uh, he comes up with a plan to burn Sherwood Forest down. Uh, and when uh, Gisburn uh, opposes him, he throws uh, Gisburn in the dungeons as well and uh, sentences him uh, to death. 
Robin, John and Nazir decide that they need uh, Robert Dureno back as sheriff to save the captured Marys. Uh, Dureno has become a gardener for the church of uh, Abbot Hugo, uh, but he agrees to work along. They pretend that he has caught Robin and for some reason that makes him sheriff again. Um, and so they free the prisoners and during the final battle with the Bouchet, Robin saves uh, Gisborne's life uh, and the sheriff gets uh, hit on the head again and um, that makes him go back to normal and so uh, in the end he is back to his uh, nasty self and everything is back as normal. Yeah, um, it's, it's probably my least favorite story. In terms of like the narrator and the ex- any actual audio experience, it's probably not my not my least favorite. I actually really liked um, Nicholas Grace. I thought he was a great narrator, um, and I really enjoyed the different voices he put into it. So I thought his input um, and efforts were were really good, um, actually. Um, so I, yeah, I thought he added he added a lot to this audio book. But when you actually, as a as a fan, when I actually kind of analysed the story, I I, I didn't feel. Um, I didn't feel the material he had was that great, um, but but in look, it, it's it's the story's okay. Um, it, I think the um, I thought the idea of actually the sheriff becoming becoming good was something was something different. You know that's that sort of never happened before in an episode, so I didn't I didn't particularly mind that. Um, I thought that was just a, that was kind of like a different angle to sort of um, tackle it or, or go you know go down with a story. I think perhaps at the end, obviously, when he then takes another knock to the head and then comes, you know, becomes normal, his normal self again, that that's a, it's a bit far fetched, you know, that obviously he would then have that second knock to the head. You're you're writing saying that it's it's a new approach that the sheriff becomes a good guy all of a sudden. Uh, then again, it's kind of similar to um, the sheriff of Nottingham episode where uh, the Marys and the sheriff have to work together uh, as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's the thing. And also, it, it, I, th- I think it's a kind of a silly idea. It it makes the sheriff a bit more of a, a comical figure, mm-hmm. which happened uh, quite a lot in in the third series. Personally, uh, I liked him better when he was more dangerous. I mean, he killed uh, Robin of Loxley. He killed uh, Robin's uh, parents uh, uh, and, and many more people. He's a really nasty character in the beginning, but. Yeah, I agree. During um, the third season, he's a bit more of a, a, a funny character. And yeah, he is. He's not as um, he's uh, he's not as ruthless, not as efficient in the in series three. Um, so in some ways, the episode, I suppose, the feel of it kind, the feel of this 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 audio book does fit in perhaps with with that style of series three. But I think we just would have preferred something that was a bit different rather than like a reworking of the Sheriff of Nottingham. And the other thing one of the other main elements that I wasn't keen on in the story was the was the Baron de Boucher um, being a sorcerer. You know, it's one thing to, to bring in a guy from the outside and, and in this case it was it, it was an old friend or of Gisborne's, um, certainly an old contact of his, um, that, that that suddenly came into to power as the sheriff. But 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 why yeah, I sort of felt why make him a sorcerer, you know. I think um especially you know series three you know had had obviously a lot of goal now and and I, I felt I just felt that um that Robin of Sherwood you know they, they've done enough stories with sorcerers obviously Baron de Belem um and actually I found the name a bit confusing with this because I thought Simon with with, with Baron Simon de Boucher I, I mean the, the name was too similar to Simon de Belem for a start I, so I thought that was a bit odd, you know, he, he calling him Simon de Boucher when you've already had a Simon de Belem, both sorcerers as well. I found that a bit distracting. They actually uh, yeah. even could have used Baron de Belem because, well, as we all know, uh, he, he he comes back in the second series, but after that we don't see him anymore. So, But he's still alive, so he could have come up with a plan. Yeah, and maybe that's maybe that's a route they could have gone down with the story. With the story, you know, maybe they could have actually brought yeah, brought Belen back and and um, and perhaps you know, where the sheriff's you know sort of having this week spell. Perhaps you know that it would have been the Baron's chance to come back and um, and take control in Nottingham again and have some sort of um, revenge. You know, by by trying to either burn the forest down as as de Boucher proposed or, or whatever you know yeah, which is kind of a whatever the bar- far out there plan i think burning the whole forest down I mean, yeah make a lot of sense no it's um it was a very drastic idea i think that was just um a way of kind of 
showing what this Debruchet character was like. He was just, um, I think he was quite a deranged sort of um, fellow and he, um, and yeah, he, he wasn't politically minded at all, you know. Um, Gisborne obviously um, opposed the idea straight away. You know, it's, there's no way a sheriff in a shire would agree, the shire would agree to, you know, the, the forest being all burnt down. It was just, it's just a reckless idea um and unnecessary as well you know at the end of the day there was robin and his men they're a small band of outlaws you know the the forest's miles you know is in terms of its whole area you know it's it supposedly back then you know sherwood forest don't forget was meant to be about 20 miles by 30 or something you know it covered a huge area you know it was a way of showing how ruthless de boucher could be you know the fact that he was willing to, to do you know wanting to do something like that well, I, I, I totally agree with you, and I, I think um, the both the, the two problems we have with this story, they also are in the combination of each other. I mean, uh, on the one hand, we have uh, uh, Robert Reno as a bit of a, a comical figure. It's a bit of a silly story. The sheriff, always uh, a very nasty and mean person, now all of a sudden becomes good. I, I can go along with that. Uh, there's, uh, there's always been more uh, light-hearted stories in, in the Robin of Sherwood series, but why did they feel the need to combine it with a uh, uh, more epic tale of a evil sorcerer who takes control those two really don't work together uh, yeah we have i don't we have, have to agree. a bit more lighthearted funny stories we have a bit more epical dramatic stories mm. but they don't go together very well and uh, yeah that's what i don't like about this particular one yeah, it just it just seemed a bit of a strange story, um, but there there was plenty going on. Um, you know, there was enough to kind of keep you keep you interested, I suppose. Um, but I quite liked the bit when um, when the sheriff turned up in in the village of Wellow, and and you've got that head villager that, that meets him. Who he seems like quite an old man, um, and then you've got him and his um, him and his wife. And I, the scene I quite liked was when. Um, was when the sheriff's having his sleep, you know, he's having a rest in their house. It was always actually quite dark where she suggests to the husband, you know, we could just smother him, you know, and, um, you know, like actually sort of kill him off. I thought that was quite, quite interesting to hear, you know, in an episode. And I thought, bearing in mind, it did have a lighthearted tone, some of it, and and a bit of silliness in it. I thought that that particular bit was quite, um, yeah, I thought it was quite dark actually having, having that, that, that bit in there. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's what we hear the yeah hear that couple discussing yeah actually the i you know considering the idea of possibly i mean the man was was against he was like oh no no you know we can't possibly do that you know it you know and of course it would have repercussions for the whole village but it was yeah it was an interesting little touch that bit yeah to me it, it, it does feel like um it, it could have been the script for uh, uh a robin of tv episode but just not a very good one i think that's that's my yeah. problem with yeah. it so so it ended up on the, the fifth uh, place on our uh, list going to the fourth place uh, yes. ended up there is uh, yeah. Mathilda's Legacy you already uh, mentioned it uh, written by um, Jennifer Ash and narrated by uh, Michael Craig who we know as uh, the Earl of Huntingdon in the series um, so here we go with the recap uh, the story is about uh, how Robert of Huntingdon's father and mother uh, met each other it is told by uh, Robert's father when uh, Robert was a young lad, uh, secretly sneaking into the forest to go hunting and uh, stuff like that. Turns out that that is just what his mother, uh, Mathilda, did. Uh, years before that, uh, King Richard was back in England, but some uh, noblemen declared themselves uh, faithful to his brother, Prince John. Uh, among them was the Sheriff of Not one, uh, Nottingham, Sir Edward, and his deputy, Robert Dureno. Uh, Matilda was supposed to marry the sheriff, but the king releases her uh, of this promise. Uh, even though she didn't love the sheriff, she does set out to save him and as many uh, innocent servants uh, of the castle as she can. Um, with two friends, uh, she enters the castle through a secret tunnel. Uh, meanwhile, the king sends uh, David of Huntingdon, uh, Robert's father, the earl, uh, to the sheriff to persuade him to give up their resistance. Uh, Mathilda and David meet in the castle. Uh, together they reach the sheriff. Uh, he turns out to be a quite gentle guy and it becomes clear that his deputy, uh, Robert Torreno, is the one behind the alliance with Prince John. 
the sheriff ref refuses to run uh, because that would mean uh, his men would die. So he sends Dureno uh, to the king. Um, and he uses this uh, in his advantage, uh, Robert Dureno, uh, because he tells the king that uh, he is the one that has ended the fight. Uh, meanwhile, the sheriff and his men escape through the tunnel, and in the end, uh, the king makes uh, Robert Reno the new sheriff. Uh, David of Huntingdon and Mathilda even have fallen in love during this uh, adventure, and later they shall marry and have a son, Robert, who we all know uh, will become the second hooded man. So um, that's my, uh, my recap of the story. Did I miss anything or get anything wrong? No, that seems... Um yeah, that seems um, correct. You know what you've what you've gone through there. Yeah, because you you already mentioned uh, falling asleep during the stories. Um, I had the same problem, and uh, this this one especially, I had to uh, skip back and yeah. listen to and skip back and listen to again because ooh, yeah, it was same. A, I don't know. I got... It was a hard one to to keep focused on. Yeah, you know, I found that as well. Yes, we both had to, had a similar experience with it, haven't we? But but um but yeah, it's an interesting tale. I mean, it's um, you know, so it's it's kind of like um, it's almost like a spin-off episode in the sense that you haven't got the normal Robin in it. There aren't the you know the Marys aren't in it, and there's there's very few characters really. It's a pre-Robin of Sherwood episode, obviously set year, years before. Um, well, it's well it's set before Robin Hood and the Sorcerer. Robert of Huntington, I think, is only meant to be um, sixteen in this. Um, and yeah, and the story starts with, um, you know, with Robert telling his father, you know, asking his father to, um, you know, he, he, to find, he wants to find out more about his, about his mother, um, because he was only eight, um, eight when, when she died. So the Earl, um, yeah, the Earl starts going into a tale, um, <clears throat> about how he met, um, Matilda. It also serves as a, a backstory uh, for uh, Robert Terreno because we get to know how he became uh, the sheriff. Yeah. So I, th I thought that was kind of nice. It was interesting to to know that uh, how he worked his way up. But uh, in my opinion, it's it's too much of a backstory, and it kind of misses the relevance in the present. I mean. I think I would have liked this one better, uh, like a sideline story, that there was something going on with Robert of Huntingdon and somehow he had to know or he just happened to discover uh, the backstory of his uh, father and especially his mother. Then I would have liked it better, but in this way it almost feels like a bit pointless. I mean, what do we really learn from it? I didn't feel it really added that much to the, um, you know, sort of the Robin of Sherwood leg legacy. I mean, it... Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was just... It, it, it feels a bit, to me, it feels a bit like um, a backstory for backstory's sake. I mean, we could have had one about the grandfather of uh, Will Scarlet next, and maybe uh, uh, Little John has an aunt who also had a, an interesting uh, adventure uh, sometime. It's it's a bit yeah. too far away from a Robin... It, it, well, it's not a Robin Hood story. This is, I think it's not even thing, a Robin Sherwood story. Yeah, the story itself isn't isn't involving obviously Robin or I didn't find it overly satis I didn't find it that satisfying, um, if, if I'm honest. But yeah. no, me, me me neither. It's it's not one uh, that I'll um, be going back to um, very often. I, I I think. I mean, it's it's fun to know a bit more backstory, but if they had tied it in with a with a, a Robin Hood and Robin Sherwood adventure. Uh, featuring maybe uh, the Marys or something else, then I would have been more interested in having a... Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I suppose we uh, we agree on that. I actually was in doubt between um, Matilda's Legacy and the Blood That bound, Binds to vote for uh, the ones I liked, liked the least. Mm. I mean, it's, 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 it's fairly well done. It's fairly well written. And um, the music and the narration and stuff is all, is all right. It's just a story. Yeah. It doesn't really work for me. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the blood that but out of the two of them, the blood that binds, you know, feels more like a, a Robin and Sherwood episode. You know, that the format of that is more of a, a proper a proper story with all the characters in it as well. You know, as a, as okay, a, so a, let's, okay, so uh, let's move on to uh, the one uh, in the middle on the third place, winning a bronze medal is uh, the Templar's Promise, written by uh, Ian Meadows and narrated by uh, Friar Phil Rose. Tuck, Much, and Little John find a monk in the forest 
It turns out to be Tuck's old friend, uh, brother Michael. Uh, he asks outlaws for help and uh, also offers them a chance uh, to gain a fortune in gold. Uh, he tells them to rob an unprotected wagon, but it turns out that there are uh, soldiers on it. Uh, the Marys win the fight, uh, only to discover that there is no gold in the cart. Uh, but there is a written IOU worth a fortune when delivered to the uh, Knight Templar Order, who um, guarded for Prince John, I believe, or something like that. Uh, anyway, uh, of course, Robin and his men uh, don't trust Brother Michael after uh, after this, but they decide to give him a second chance. Uh, they send him to his appointment with his buyer, Brother Simon, the one who sent him uh, into the forest in the first place. Um, Nazir follows him and overhears the conversation between the two, and it becomes clear that the marriage have been tricked. Uh, yeah. They confront Michael, who admits the whole thing. Uh, for no apparent reason, uh, Tuck leaves the gang. Uh, later, they lose the Templar's promise to Brother Simon and the Sheriff, who turns out uh, to be uh, behind all of this. But the laugh is on him in the end. Uh, the document the Sheriff has is a false one made by Michael, and Tuck has exchanged the real one for the gold uh, while he was away. So in the end, it's a brilliant victory for Robin and his men. Yeah, it, I, I thought the style of it, actually, the, the type of story it was, I, th- I thought fit in quite well with with series one. So I think um, I think Free and Meadows, um, the writer, because um, he, he wrote two stories, um, the other being being The Blood That Binds. Yeah, I think this was this was his better story, of the, uh, definitely the better of the two. But yeah, as you say, just just doesn't it's not it's not overly special or anything you know it's it seemed you know it's an it's it's a, just a um quite a straightforward adventure um it, it's fair it's it's pretty well well written um but it yeah for me it didn't quite have enough have much spark to it um it didn't particularly keep my interest up as much as I, i'd hoped but yeah i mean phil rose obviously you know again his narration was was generally fine um I, I agree. Yeah. He's, he's not as good in uh, narrating this as uh, uh, Nicholas uh, Great is, yeah. but uh, he did, did a good job. And it's he so did. fun. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like hearing a brother uh, talk, uh, telling us a, a tale, and that's, that's really enjoyable. Yeah. One, one also, thing. Also, I think that they did a good job at uh, picking the right um, actor for the right story. I mean, uh, The Blood That Binds is uh, mostly about uh, Robert Terreno, so Nicholas Great gets to read it. Yeah. This one is very much about. Um, uh, uh, Tuck and his old friend so uh, Phil Rose reads this one I think that was very uh, very well done yeah I'd say yeah they did choose the right narrators for each story um, and Matilda's legacy again obviously you know with it being a story involving the Earl of Huntingdon yeah you know again it made sense for, for Michael Craig um, as the Earl to, to tell the tale and, um, and and narrate it and and yeah so I like the way yeah I like the way on each audiobook they the narrator doing it kind of seemed like you know it was was very suitable for that story so so yeah that was um that, that was a good thing um yeah with with Templar's Promise one of the scenes I, I actually enjoyed was um um was was actually the second scene of it um very early on and I, I liked the um I liked the atmosphere behind when um when Brother Michael is um is I think he's running through the forest and he and he sort of bumps in he has this encounter where he bumps into um into Cedric and his gang and it's got a really eerie sort of eerie music to it this this scene early on and um it, it's a piece which we hear in in the other audiobooks as well but I thought I thought it fits really well here and um yeah it's kind of an unpleasant encounter he has with these sort of ruffians and um had a good feel to it me, me, me too it had a good feel a bit of a, mm. a, a tension in there mm. um the the sound effect of the arrows uh, flying through the air when uh, robin shows up to save him that works really really well um although i must say i don't really like the fact that uh when uh brother simon runs away um he bumps into cedric and his gang a second time that, that was a bit unnecessary <coughs> for me it's little things like that that always make stories again a bit um a bit more unbelievable because yeah you know the chances of, of, of that you know of bumping into them you know of that kind of thing is always a bit yeah i'd agree with that um okay so here's a question uh like you said this one is uh, uh supposed to uh set in uh, series one so it's about uh, robin of luxley um would you trade this story in the tv series for alan and Dale? 
Possibly. Um, yeah, I mean, that's it, that's a good question because Alan the Dale was generally the weakest episode of series one. Um, I, th- I think it's fair to say that if this was put, you know, put into a, a, a proper, you know, into a TV episode, it probably wouldn't, it probably wouldn't have played out any worse than, than Alan the Dale. It still might have been the, the weakest episode of, of, of series one, but it, yeah, I think, I think that's a fair, a fair swap. Alan the Dale for Templar's Promise, you wouldn't really, you wouldn't overly miss sort of one or the other. I think, you know, they both, yeah. they both kind of fit into that same kind of, you know, it's that kind of simple adventure type thing, you know. Yeah, there's some parallels there as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. Um, also, uh, well, it, it would have, you know, fit in also because, uh, well, in uh, the first series they encountered uh, the Templar Knights. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, this earlier is, on, so you know, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I have to say, I found um, I thought the title was a bit misle- misleading. Perhaps did you? Did you? You know, when when you when when we see the Templars promise, did you maybe think that there would be some some sort of involvement with the Templars? Um, I'm I'm not saying it, I'm not saying it, it had to be like a Seven Poor Nights Part Two or anything or an actual a sequel to that, but but I did think there would be more. I, I thought that there would be some kind of involvement with 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 the Templars or, or at least one or two nights perhaps or something. So I thought it was a bit. I was a bit disappointed that we didn't actually get to. I mean, that's not to say that the story needed knights. I mean, obviously, we've just had in some when, when I actually saw the title, um, when the audiobooks were revealed um, and I saw the Templars promise at first, I was kind of thinking, oh, you know, another story on knights. And bearing in mind, we just had, you know, we've had knights of the apocalypse last year. I thought that would be a mistake, actually, no. to have another story with knights in. So I'm pleased that they didn't put knights, you know, to actually have the Templars in this story. Just because you know you don't want to keep going over old ground, but on the other hand, I just felt the title. I mean, it's not that it's a bad title, but I I felt it was just slightly slightly misleading to the actual story we got. If if that if you you see or yeah, I see, I see what you mean. I, I I didn't really have a lot of expectations going into this. I just thought, well, the Templars mm-hmm. promise. Uh, let's see what happens. I don't know. Did, didn't yeah. give it that much uh, thought before I uh, started listening. So. Uh, it, did, it didn't bother me. Yet. No, that's better than that. So let's keep moving uh, through our list. Uh, we're now at uh, the two uh, stories <coughs> that we liked the best. Uh, we already, uh, before we started recording, we already uh, uh, spoke about this. That it, was, it was a hard choice to see uh, which one would be number one and which <coughs> one would be number two. Um, eventually, we uh, settled on our number two being uh, Sanctuary. Uh, written by Paul Birch and narr- narrated by uh, Barnaby Eden Jones. Um, so first, uh, let's uh, let's uh, have a look at the story. Uh, the adventure starts uh, right in the middle of the action. Uh, the sheriff is chasing Robin of Luxley, uh, who tries to escape over a frozen river, but the ice breaks and they both almost drown. They wake up wounded in an old and small church under the care of a hedge priest who wants them to stop fighting. And pretty soon it becomes clear that the priest is quite mad and violent. And when he doesn't succeed in making peace between the sheriff and Robin, he wants to uh, kill them both. Uh, but he gets interrupted by soldiers who have made uh, somehow uh, made their way uh, across the river. Uh, meanwhile, Robin frees himself from the ropes, but he's too weak to make it out on his own. So he sets the sheriff free as well. And together they trick the priest uh, to get out. But soon after that, uh, the sheriff turns on Robin. Outside, he shoots down the priest, but uh, he was actually aiming for Robin. Um, the sheriff then gets knocked out, and Robin has a chance to kill him. But because of what the priest said, he doesn't. Uh, instead, he steals a horse and makes his escape. Now, this is a bit uh, the odd one out, I feel. It's the shortest story. And uh, this one features both a narrator uh, and actors for the dialogue. So it's it's yeah. different, uh, this um, one. Yeah, it is. It's a real winter tale as well, isn't it? A real um, Christmas-type snowy um, snowy story. Um, yeah, okay. So Sanctuary. Um, yeah, Sanctuary with Michael Prade, um, just so people know that. Um, yeah, I, I, I quite like yeah. this one. And, and just to be clear, he, he, does the, he does some of the dialogue. He doesn't read the story. That's no. the, the, the producer, Barnaby, who uh, I, I think does a, does a fine uh, job at it. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Barnaby's um, he does a good job um, narrating it. Um, yeah, it's I, I, I quite like it actually. Sanctuary, I have to say, I, I think it um, it was just something. Don't get me wrong; it doesn't overly feel like a Robin of Sherwood episode in the sense that we don't. Um, you know, it turns out that we don't get to see any of the Marys and hear any of the Marys in it. Um, and it's it's a very isolated story um, with the sheriff um, in this, uh, with Robin and the sheriff in this church, sort of almost being held hostage in this church, really, by by this mad priest. The pre-credits scene, the opening scene, got my attention in this. And um, I, I thought that was, so I enjoyed that. Um, I thought that was really interesting. You know, you've got Robin, it starts off with Robin running through, um, he's being chased out of Sherwood. He almost slightly reminded me of the greatest enemy in a way when he was being chased and chased and um, and he ends up sort of on the outskirts of the forest. And um, so it reminded me a little bit of that, but but he but he's on his own here. So at least that has a different, um, it, it has a different feel to, to the greatest enemy. Yeah, um, so it, go, it gets straight into the story. Um, we're not quite sure how Robin's been separated from from the Marys, and how this chase has come about. But it's but sometimes you know that that can happen. You know, sometimes it, they'll just get straight into it. Um, yeah, it had a um, yeah, it had a really a real winter feel about it. Um, you know, and you sort of got a real. I, I could really imagine him sort of running through this these these snowy these snowy conditions in the forest and. Um, you know, it was bitterly cold, and he was he was struggling. And um... I, I agree, and also uh, in that way, this uh, adds something new to uh, the TV series because in the TV series we've never seen snow and ice, and they probably uh, would have had a very hard time in uh, shooting um, Robin and the sheriff uh, uh, cracking through the ice and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it's worth pointing out. Obviously, we do have the betrayal um, in series three. That that's a, a snow a snow episode, um, but it's certainly a, a different um, a different kind of storyline um, and and type of episode that we've had in Robin of Sherwood. Well, you're absolutely right. Uh, they're uh, isolated in in one place. Actually, the whole adventure takes place uh, in or around the church. And there's very little uh, characters in the story as well. Yeah. It's mainly just um, Robin, uh, the sheriff, and mm -hmm. the priest. What did you think of um, in in the opening scene just before the end? Um, I like the way it kind of ends on a bit of a um, sort of like a cliffhanger type ending at the when while when the music rolls in, so you've got because Robin, if you remember, he he throws his um, his bow down or his or whatever by the church and then he and then he suddenly turns back and he runs towards it says he runs towards the sheriff and he actually sort of char as the sheriff's riding towards him and robin actually tries he actually brings him down and he sort of charges at him and and takes dorano down and then they uh, the ice they end up on the floor and cracking through the ice um what, what did you make of robin's decision to um to sort of turn back and 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 charge at Dorena. Bearing in mind, he would have been exhausted from from being chased, and he and he just got to the church. Do you th do you think do you think maybe he did it? Well, I'll, I'll hear what you say first. Actually, what was your take on 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 that, and why Robin would would have done that, and what, what your thinking is? Well, I I think at that point he realized that he wouldn't uh, make it uh, to the to the church. So uh, to prevent getting uh, struck down from behind, he had no choice but to turn around and. You know, a bit in uh, the best um, uh, defense is offense uh, kind of way. You know, just go for it because he had to do something because he just needed a few more uh, steps before getting to the church and to okay. uh, relative safely. So I, I think that's why he had to turn around, turn around, and yeah, charge at the sheriff. That's fine. Yeah, the only other take because I, I mean I, I, we know he was very close to the church at that point, and I, I thought he was even virtually there. But um, but in any case, yeah, I guess the sheriff was catching up closely with him. I, I think the other reason he may have done it as well is also that I think at that stage when Robin turned back, it might have been to try and stop um, the sheriff's soldiers knowing, possibly knowing where they were or, for example, Robin's intention, don't forget, would would have been to probably take the horse. You know, he, he wouldn't have known necessarily he was going to be injured and, and cracking through the ice. You know, it might be that he actually saw it as a way to escape. You know, maybe maybe he was hoping to perhaps, you know, get the better of the sheriff and, and maybe even perhaps even ride off. I don't know. But I, th I think in any case, he, he probably thought that if he goes straight into the church, um, there's a chance that the sheriff, um, the sheriff and his soldiers um, 
possibly could have ended up surrounding him in the church. I think that was possibly that could that might have been in his thinking as well, because basically the Robin would have known the sheriff would have seen him go into the church, and so yeah, there's definitely a chance the sheriff could have um, yeah just kind of waited for backup and just kind of got him surrounded in there. Yeah. So I think that was. But 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 he's going for the church for sanctuary. So uh, yeah, he I'm was. Sure. He he was. But as we know, though, I mean, you know, would you really trust the sheriff and his men to? to just to just leave him in there peacefully you know they're bound to try it you know they would have tried something wouldn't they to try and to try and get him i think but um but anyway it was it was a great i thought it was i thought it was a really good opening scene it was exciting and it was um you know it had some tension in there and it was um yeah it was a good start and, and how did you like um uh, the priest as a character oh so, yeah i thought he was very good um I think Andy Sakum, who um, who voiced him, did yeah did was 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 impressive, and um, he had a very prominent prominent part, didn't he, in in role in the story, the priest, and um, yeah, I thought he was he was he no, I thought that was done really well. Um, yeah, he he seemed quite a dangerous character, didn't he, this priest? Um, again, it was a situation that just Robin hadn't been in before, you know, it was very just a strange episode but it was kind of strange in a good way and that's why i liked it you know so how about you um yeah yeah i i, I agree it's 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 uh, it's hard to imagine this being a regular robin of sherwood mm. tv episode but then again it's it's um it, it doesn't have to be it, it can be something different yeah um and and uh yeah just like um Mathilda's legacy is is a different approach to telling a story. This one is too. Uh, only difference is that this one works better for me. And yeah, I also like the um, combination of a narrator and actors um, because uh, well, um, it, it it adds something to me to have to bring the characters alive to hear them in their own voice. But when I listen to the full cast audio production of uh, Knights of the Apocalypse. I also had trouble um, following the storyline because there's no narrator taking me by the hand saying, and then this happened. And then meanwhile, at this place, that yeah, happened. Or... I, see, I see where you come from. I think there's, there's sort of pros and cons to both. Um, I do like the feel of a full cast of the full cast episodes because it just, because it plays out as like a, it's kind of like an episode on TV and you just hear it kind of right through with, with all the cast and, and obviously all the, the sounds and music and it's it yeah but obviously it can be it can be a, a bit a little bit harder to follow sometimes um although and also i think you can you can end up with sort of extra dialogue being added in for characters um just for descriptive purposes and that can sometimes um come across slightly obvious or a bit a bit tedious to have to put you know to have to put in into the script um but that being said yeah you know i'm generally more keen on the full cast ones i think i'm i'm very interested to see how they'll um how they'll turn out in the summer but yeah going back to the audiobook i think i think this this episode here I, yeah i think it worked quite well because you've only got you only had sort of three characters well the four characters actually including hearn because hearn has a brief part in it, role in it doesn't he so i th yeah i think it was good that we had um yeah that we got to hear the four you know all those four characters and it just yeah just added to the story you know the um an experience a bit hearing um you know i mean i think having robin and the sheriff sheriff was 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 really good you know bearing in mind they're such key characters um you know and obviously they're kind of like squaring yeah. to each other a bit and um you know and they have this sort of confrontation where they're both tied up and dorano sort of chatting away and trying to provoke robin and michael prey just keeps his calm just keeps his cool and just like um you know, I thought he, yeah, you can you can kind of imagine Robin reacting, just how Michael Prey does in this episode. You know, he, he tends to keep his um, dignity. My my sort of Robin of Loxley, doesn't he? He sort of um, yeah. He, he always he has sort sort of like, uh, like when they go low, we go high. Yeah, sort of he sort of has a class about him, doesn't he? he okay, so it, sort of. um, uh, well, we agree that we. Uh, really liked uh, uh, Sanctuary, but there's one we like even better. And that brings us to our number one. No surprise for those who know uh, <laughs> what the five stories are, because there's only one left, and that's uh, The Waterford Boy, written by Jennifer Ash as well, and narrated by uh, Lady Judy Trott. 
and it's set in a th series three. So it, this is one about uh, Robert of Huntingdon. Uh, so uh, King John needs soldiers for his war in France and demands them from the Sheriff of Nottingham. He is supposed to send prisoners, but to get enough men, he introduces a sort of a people tax. And so Gisborne sets out to collect men uh, from the villages. Uh, he's especially keen on getting uh, Elwick, a 12-year-old boy from Waterford, uh, who has escaped him before. Uh, the boy has lost his father, and since then he performs uh, pagan rituals for Hearn in the forest. Uh, when picking up uh, the man from Waterford, uh, the boy escapes and meets uh, Much in the forest. And uh, he introduces him uh, to the outlaws. They try to free the men from Waterford, but they fail at it. Um, then they learn that a feared recruiter is coming to Sherwood, James de Morel. It turns out that Will Scarlet uh, had a terrible history with him back in the day when he was a soldier. The outlaws uh, capture de Morel, but he says he has m uh, remorse because years ago he sent his own son to France uh, because he wanted to make a man out of him. And, and while his son was, like the Waterford boy, uh, a sensitive and, and kind of a soft-spoken uh, guy uh, who talked to the trees, um, the Morel and the outlaws strike a deal, but the Morel betrays them and they end up fighting. Uh, the Marys are losing the fight, but uh, then uh, Elwick um, saves the day. He steps <coughs> forward, distracting the Morel uh, so uh, Robin can overpower him. Elwick says that it's because of his ritual for Hearn, but well, really he uh, did it all by himself. Uh, the Marys free the prisoners from uh, Waterford, and uh, because of that, um, Elwick and his mother are no longer outcasts in the village because, well, he gets uh, accepted for what he is now. So that's what happens in these one hour and 28 minutes. Yeah, it's the um, I think it's the longest episode, this one. Um, it seemed more like a Robin Sherwood episode, this one. And I think it it was a good it was a good story. Um, I, I just think it was you know you've got this yeah this young boy Elwin um, and his mother who are very prominent in the story, and obviously they live in the village of Waterford. And yeah, it just kind of um, you know it turns out that yeah this 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 pagan boy you know he's he's very um, he's sort of very in with her and in the sense that he he does his own rituals. Yeah. And so, I, I, I called him Elwick, didn't I? I, I should have yeah, Elwin. Elwin, yeah. Sorry, Elwin. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, and, and I quite like the as the elements. They they kind of with so with Will Scarlet. You know, we get to hear obviously because in Adam Bell, um, you know, we get to hear of Will's backstory. We see him fighting as a we see a flashback scene where he fights as a soldier um, against the the French or or something, doesn't he? So what they've done here, what the writer's done is she's kind of got dipped into that a bit further. So the man that sent Will away as a soldier. Yeah, he ends up coming into this story. Uh, they they refer to him. They call him the recruiter, don't they? Um, but yeah, James de Morel. So um, so yeah, I kind of thought that was quite interesting, having a story where he where he he's sort of at it again. You know, rounding up uh, rounding up villagers and um, and Gisborne sort of plays a part, particularly in 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 the boy being sort of taken. But yeah, so it's kind of like you know, Robin and the Marys have got to kind of stop this plan, and um, and can they can they free these men? You know, can they rescue them before they get, from, you know, sent away to France? Yeah, it was it was I thought it was quite a good story. Um, yeah, me too. I think the the, the story is very well uh, constructed. The the perspective of the pagan child is is very uh, original. We haven't seen that uh, something like that uh, in the TV series before. Um, well, except and, Lord of the Trees. Uh, I love. But, um, well, I just mean except for Lord of the. Yeah, well, Lord of the Trees break, break, is about break, break, the pagan rituals, but it's not yeah. with a childish perspective. Yeah, and it's that's different. full on paganism. And this time, in the end, it's more about Elwin um, uh, as a person and yeah. finding his own strength. I mean, yes. Hearn does show up at the end to mm -hmm. to to bless his tree, but it's more like a, like a reward for him for finding yeah. his own courage then that it's 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 full yeah it's on very, it's very different. I, I think yeah it's a very different storyline and, and type of stories to, to, to lord of the trees yeah, yeah. and uh, what i especially love uh, uh, about this one I, th I feel it's it's written with, with uh, a lot of eye for detail and love for the original uh, material uh, i think my my favorite moment in in this story and in all of the uh, audiobooks is um, the moment between uh, Marion and Scarlet in the end 
they talk about the pain of, of losing somebody and, and well, they've both uh, been through that. I mean, Scarlett losing his wife, uh, but Marion as well with losing uh, Robin of Luxley, her, her husband. So yeah, I, I really liked, uh, liked things like that. I feel it really respects the source material yeah, and I think Will's um, the way Will Scarlet's kind of the way he plays out in this kind of fits quite well with 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 his character in the series as well. So, for example, we we heard in Adam Bell when Marion you know says to him about you know fighting as a soldier, and you know Will says, "Oh yeah, you know I, I just don't like to talk about it," and and you can kind of see that sort of this kind of carries on a bit from there, and it sort of you know you can tell, and that's why Will's. Um, on edge and um when when he sort of knows that morale morale's back and um yeah but but also he he, he tells the other marys that um will uh, wasn't forced to um go to france as a soldier he tells them uh, me i went willingly so um it doesn't take the edge of him too much he wasn't forced into that situation well, no, maybe by his own anger, yeah, but you know, more, it, it comes from himself. Yeah, it was more the experiences of what Will went through and what he saw, wasn't it? And he, because um, he touches on that in the story, doesn't he? Um, you know, won't go into detail here, but yeah, like he mentioned certain things he saw, um, the way they were, the, the, the men, people were being badly treated and things like that. Thing. So it was, yeah, it was, it was interesting to get that insight from Will about yeah about the bad experiences yeah. he had he had there and that's more that that was it, it, it does and 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 um that's why in this case to me the backstory works because it's relevant to what uh yeah the mar uh, marriage are experiencing at this point yeah but what we've seen before it's just a backstory in this case it's a backstory mm. adding something to yeah. current affairs yeah, it's a backstory within an overall story whereas the other one is just a backstory but doesn't have the same effect yeah yeah so in 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 my uh, opinion, um, this one would have made a great addition to the third series. I mean, I would easily trade this for uh, well some of the stories featured uh, in the in the third series. Yeah, I mean, it probably would have held up pretty you know quite well, I think, as as an episode. And it it, it would have bring uh, would have brought uh, Hearn's role um, uh, forward a bit more in the third series mm. because well, he's not doesn't seem to be that important anymore. At some point, and uh, well, this would remind us uh, about how uh, how important a figure he actually is. Yeah, it's true. It would have been an episode to just kind of um, yeah, with, with in line with keeping Hearn a bit more yeah, a bit more prominent. But yeah, I mean, and as you say before, you know, Hearn Hearn doesn't feature that you know he doesn't feature that much in series three. Certainly, certainly not in in the in the whole middle chunk of it. He's within Hearn's son, obviously. He's he's he, in Time of the Wolf. You know, he's quite involved in those in those stories but yeah generally in the in the whole middle of series three there's not that much of Hearn so um I think yeah I think it was kind of quite good to have a story like this that um that you you know that you, you that you could have put, that you could put in there although about the paganism I didn't really get why um the uh, villagers of Waterford are afraid of the ritual that Elwyn uh, performs because well we've seen before that the whole village of Wiccan is celebrating mm -hmm. um, uh, at the time uh, of the blessing so I don't really get why in a different village it's almost feared as being witchcraft or something like that I'd have to yeah it's true I mean I'd have to re-listen just in case there are any little bits that kind of um touch on that more but I think yeah I think it was certainly perhaps the way the boy went about it and I think that maybe they just um maybe the villagers just just found it a bit off-putting or something yeah there was there was something about it wasn't there that they didn't like yeah and and it, it made uh, uh elwin and his mother uh kind of outcasts of the, of yeah the, uh, village i mean robin is, is shocked to hear that the other villagers don't really uh help the two of them after um elwin's father uh has disappeared so um yeah that's right mm. yeah I, I think it's also good that that uh, in this case robin not only saves prisoners fights the sheriff saves himself uh, but also uh, you know uh, kind of helps the family in a in a social way mm. and, the, and the whole community maybe yeah so so lots of things uh, to like here and uh well, in the end, the award for the best uh, Robin of Sherwood enhanced audiobook goes to uh, uh, Jennifer Ash for uh, for writing uh, The Waterford Boy. Um, who would you uh, th say is the best uh, narrator of the stories? 
I think Nicholas Grace. I think yeah, I do think Nick Nick Grace Nick was probably my favourite narrator. Judy does it. She does a very good job yeah, with Waterford um, Boy. You know, Judy Trot would come in second, I think, in my uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I possibly agree, possibly agree with that. So, in general, how did you like this set of five audiobooks? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I've tried to take the good out of these audiobooks, but also, obviously, there have been some disappointments as well. So, I, th- I think I think fans will probably view it as um, as a mixed bag. I think that's that's kind of the best way to to probably summarize it. Um, do, do, how do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. It it is a mixed bag with with some good stuff, with some not so good stuff. Um, but in the end, you know, uh, I see this all as bonus material. I mean, it's it's all uh, extra, and um, you know, it's it's so great that the 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 spirit of the series is still alive, and after more more than thirty years, there's still um, enough people interested. To um, make new material, make new stories, new adventures, bring back the original cast, and it's it's never gonna be as good as it was back in the day. And it, maybe in a way, it's not supposed to be. I mean, it, I can't imagine that there would uh, something would come out that I would say, "Whoa, this is way better than what they did uh, in the age in the eighties with the original series." Because, well, that's the series we we fell in love with. So yeah, exactly. I, I just think it's fun and cool that new stuff is coming out, and as long as they don't completely ruin it, I'm I'm happy with it. Yeah, I mean, nothing as you say, nothing can better the the original series. <clears throat> I think the fact it's a different a different medium as well means that you can't you can't compare it that much anyway to, to the tv series because obviously it's you know it's just a completely it's very different completely different medium it's a different experience and it's um it's not as thrilling is it as, as obviously seeing it on on the screen i th- I, th- I think it's, it's it's all about just getting some really good stories you know if they, if they can but yeah the priority has just got to be to just just write some really good ambitious stories and just um and hopefully just try and take it further if they can obviously a lot of the stories it seems it seems like they have to be set within the the existing time frames of 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 the three series so they you know that's why they're probably going to end up you know sort of placing different episodes in different bits obviously michael prate any any stories with with um, robin of locksley always going to be set within they're always going to be set before the greatest enemy um yeah, but it could have been said between the enchantment and the greatest enemy. So maybe they'll have another encounter with a Baron de Belém. I mean, yeah, that would uh, drive mm-hmm. it forward a bit. Yeah, they've got scope to do that. Um, they they can set it anywhere within series two, definitely. The, the, these two, the two Robin of Loxley episodes here um, were, were both set in series one. But um, but yeah, going forward, um, I would think they'll probably try and fit something into to series two. Maybe um, I would like that if it, if it moves each, the whole storylines forward a bit more. And um, yeah, that's, that's really what I'm what I'm hoping for. Yeah, and and also, um, yeah. Well, it's it's uh, we have to appreciate it for what it is. I mean, it's basically, uh, in a way, it's fan fiction only made in a in a professional way. And I think, uh, yeah, I think that that's what it is. And it's not fair to compare it to the original series and especially not to compare it to the best episodes of the original oh, of course series. not no yeah i mean it, it's just it's an unfair comparison really you know yeah i mean the, the audio serve a purpose and it's just a case of, of just doing it as as well as they can you know um and we've just got to hope that that they can satisfy um all the fans you know but especially you know big fans you know obviously you and i are both big fans of the show you know as it's why we do the podcast these podcasts and um and yeah i think that's the thing they need to be aiming high you know because obviously you've got to remember that you know rob robin and Sherwood fans are long long time fans and, and of course especially for the you know for really big fans you you want you know you, you've got to it's quite hard to impress but yeah we'll just have to see what what they you know what they come up with next and um you know certainly um i'll certainly be interested to hear the um you know the new series um in the summer and hopefully they'll um There'll be some good stuff in that. Yeah, totally, uh, totally agree. Um, so thank you, Andy, for uh, joining the, the podcast uh, again. Um, that's it for uh, this special bonus episode of the Robin of Sherwood podcast. 
next time we'll be doing a regular one about uh, the enchantment trying to pick apart uh, that one a bit and if you want to know when it comes out uh, please give us the thumbs up on facebook.com slash podcast and if you want to join our conversation um, you can uh, send us an email on surewoodpodcast at gmail.com uh, also if you are listening to us on uh, iTunes we would appreciate it if you would uh, give us a good rating uh, for now thank you for listening and may Hearn protect you